0: Grace Point Church Podcast. I'm James Hicks. In this episode, Pastor Ben ends the year with a post-Christmas message of Christmas came and went, so now what? From the passage of Luke 2, 15 through 20. And now, let's join in.
1: And went right, and uh, it was funny when um, we got through and and uh, in our house on the Christmas Day and looked around, and then the uh, Brent and Nathan and the kids brought all their gifts down, and we brought had all our gifts out and everything, and I made a comment and somebody looks like Christmas threw up in our living room. There were packages everywhere and all this stuff, and then they're all unwrapped, and then you know what that looks like, right? So, what a morning It was awesome. So Christmas came and went, so now what? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I'm going to share with you what I believe the next step should be. Turn with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter number 2, <laughs> and we're going to begin reading in verse number 15. Here's what it says. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known To us. Now think about that. The shepherds of all people. The ignored of society. And yet, God chose to herald the announcement of the arrival of himself, his only son, the incarnate one, Jesus Christ, to them. So you can tell that they're pretty excited about this issue. Let's go over to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And... They went with haste. If you take that word with haste in the Greek text, it literally means with, with no interruption. In other words, it has the idea of plunging through. It, it's kind of like what the football player does when it's, you know, it's fourth and goal, when they're two yards from the end zone, and they give the, the, the ball to the fullback. And the fullback does what? He just pushes. I mean, it doesn't matter if there's a quote-unquote hole there or not. He's going to run over people to get in. That's the idea of this word. They made haste, and they raced in. Isn't that cool? I wonder if we would do that. We might sit around and analyze it and say, well, was that technically the Lord speaking, or was it this, or was it that? Now, listen. They heard, and they went. Run, forest, run. Run, forest, run. There you go. They boned us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe. Lying in a manger, just like the angel had said. Isn't that cool? And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them according, concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at the shepherds, at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as, at, as it had been told them. Wow. Think about this. Christmas came, so now what? After Jesus had been born and the shepherds had witnessed the Messiah in the place of his birth, what happened next, I believe, is a guide for those who know that same Messiah Messiah today. In other words, those of us who are children of God, those of us who have the presence of the Holy Spirit of God inside of us, we have been born again, we've been saved by grace. The blood bought salvation, the blood of Christ that has purchased us and brought us from death to life. Those of us today, I believe, can take from this simple story and extrapolate from that, what do we do now? You know, sometimes I think that Christmas comes, and if you're like me, um, I remember as a child, Christmas would never get here, right? It was like... You waited and waited and waited and just everything slowed down. And it finally came. And then you had that incredible day and you and know all this stuff and it's exciting, you know, opening presents, you know, all that stuff. And then there's afterwards, there's kind of this, you know. Well, I have to confess, as an adult, it's not a slow getting here anymore. It seems like last Christmas just happened, right? And then this Christmas, it, it was like, it races to get here. But I got over that part, but I didn't get over the other part as soon as it comes and goes, all the excitement, all the kids, I love seeing grandbabies. Oh, that's so awesome. But then, uh, it's over. I still have that blah. I don't know about you, maybe it's just me. not look at me like I'm weird. You know I am. Get over it. Again. But you know, the thought about that, I still get that blah, blah, blah. So what does it mean? Consider this. For you and I, the excitement the joy, the motivation of Christmas should never, ever leave. It ought to be a consuming aspect of who we are. So now that Christmas has come, what do we do now? And ask ourselves this question, what did what those who were there then do that we should now do? What did those who were there then do that we should now do? Got it? It's so confusing. I know. I wrote it. It's confusing. What did those who were there then do that we should do? All right? Spread the gospel. Spread the gospel. I read a, a sermon from a long time ago by Charles Haddon Spurgeon, and it was called The Work of Christmas. And it was a great inspiration for this message because he was talking about those things, the work of Christmas. Well, I don't see it as work because, you know what, I believe that that I am compelled to proclaim Christ. Not because it's a job and I'm earning something with it, but because he has so filled me and blessed me, there's nothing else to do. All right, so what did those who were there then do that we should do? Well, first of all, the shepherds announced to everyone what and who they had experienced. Notice I didn't say they had seen. Because the scripture says what it is. That they went and with haste and found Mary and Joseph the babe lying in a manger. It didn't say that they had seen Mary and Joseph lying in a manger. It says they went and found, they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph. In other words, they recognized that what God had told them had really come to pass. And I believe because of all that happened to them, remember, they're on the hillside tending the sheep, doing that thing, right? And then all of a sudden the sky bursts open and they're scared, right? And then the angel says, don't be afraid, I've got good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, right? And then he declares that this Messiah has come. Now go, go, go and find him. He'll be right here, right? And so they did that. And in doing that, I believe they experienced the incredible person of the Son of God, even though he was at that that point yet housed in an infant child. They experienced him. I've got a question for you today. When you think about Jesus and him having been born, God having split the gap or the bridge between divinity and humanity and molded them together 100% and 100% of both and became humanity, does it impact you to the point that you say that is an experience to even hear about it, much less understand it? I don't know about you, but it does to me. I will never, ever, ever get over the fact that God chose to wrap himself in something that I'm in. And that's flesh. And then if you know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you cannot say that it was just a meeting, it is an experience. Why? Because it doesn't stop there. God says He places Himself in the person of the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. You don't just meet Jesus. When you've been born again, you've experienced the reality of salvation, and you've experienced the reality of the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. Does somebody else get excited about that? And it's awesome, isn't it? The shepherds announced everyone. So now look and see what they did. They experienced Christ. And it says, and they made known, they went and saw it, and they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. They made known to everyone the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. Now what is that different? Notice how it's worded. And to me, I think that it matters. I believe every every word of this, the holy, inspired, inerrant, infallible word of God has been inspired by the Holy Ghost. So there's a reason for it. And here's what I believe. It says that they went and they shared what? They shared that had been told them concerning this child. Listen to what they did. They didn't just tell people what they saw. They told people of their experience, definitely. But they also told them of what had been told to them concerning it. In other words, they talked about the authority from which it came. A celestial being, God's angel, a heavenly announcer, came and proclaimed to them what was taking place. And they didn't just say, y'all, trust me, it was cool. They said, God has said. And they proclaimed what they had seen. Folks, listen. You want to know what to do after Christmas? If you have been blessed, changed, radically forgiven, saved, by experiencing the Christ child then there is nothing we can do that is a greater mission than to tell others what has been told to us concerning this child in other words it's more than just saying Jesus was born and they put him in a feeding trough It's telling people that God has proclaimed it. And here's why it is the fulfillment of God's promise to His people. It is the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. It is the reality of God's forgiveness wrapped up in a baby. And you can experience in Him just as I have experienced Him. If you'll open your heart and trust Him, isn't that cool? So what did they do? They announced to everyone. Now remember who they are, shepherds. They are not the philosophers of the age. They did not become shepherds because they had all the degrees on the wall, right? As a matter of fact, it's probably a pretty good bet that the majority of the shepherds were illiterate. It's not because they were the most intelligent bunch although they probably had great common sense. I mean, they had to deal with unruly sheep. They had to be pretty smart, right? But here they were, them. But what did they do? They announced what had been told to them. So they did not rest on the fact that I have seen and I have heard, that's cool, I know what you don't. No, they told everybody. And they didn't care that most people would look at them and listen to them and go, you're a shepherd, what are you doing? Who are you to tell me anything spiritual? They didn't care. They just went out and did it. Listen to me. If you're here today, raise your hand. I got almost 100% um, response. If you're here today and you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, raise your hand with gusto. All right? Awesome guess what you need I need to announce the fact that Christmas tells the story that Jesus came and not only did he come but he came into me I am changed by the grace of God and you need to know it right And when you do that, make sure you're not like cutting somebody off in line and being rude or something like that. Make sure you're acting like him. Amen? Amen. All right? So we see there, announced to everyone what and who they had experienced. And secondly, the people were awestruck at what they were told. Look Look again at the scripture. It says, And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all, verse 18, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. That word wondered, I decided I needed to find out a little bit more about that word. So I looked it up back in the, in, in the Greek text that it's translated to. And, and I found out that the word literally means it's more than just, ah, I wonder what happened. You know that that wondering, it's like, eh, uh, I wonder who's going to win this game. Or I wonder what's going to be in this package that I'm opening, (laughs) right? It's more than that. It literally means they wonder. It means to stop in awe and gaze upon. Right? So stop and consider. That's exactly right. So in other words, they were awestruck at what they were told. So here we are. We got... We have shepherds, the most unlikely of characters, waxing eloquently about the arrival of the Messiah, and they mean it because it's all over their face. They have seen the glory of God. And people go, wow, and they're amazed. Look at me. We know that in today's society, it's it's hard not to get discouraged as a believer when you see all that goes on around us, right? Right? But let me make you a promise. Are you listening? If we put on and willingly expose the righteousness of Christ that he has given us, and if we walk in the light of his love and his grace, and if then we project that by loving others even those we don't know as we love ourselves. And if that happens, I will make you a promise. Even the most harsh critic and the most hard of skeptics have to be moved when you, as a child of God, express nothing but the love of God to them. Right? You love somebody in Jesus' name, it gets their attention. And I don't mean judging them in Jesus' name because that's not your role. You don't have the authority to do it, and I don't either. It means loving them in the name of Jesus and in his power. The people were awestruck at what they were told. Think about this. Revelation nineteen sixteen says, On his robe, that's Jesus when he comes back. And on his thigh, he has, he has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Listen. It is the same kind of all that will be. Is it me? Okay, it sounded like that was coming from my back pocket, which scared me. I heard a phone ring. Yes, Lord. I hear you. But that on his road and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Can you imagine what it will be like or would be like if we are alive? when Jesus comes again. When it's no longer at night in a small town, in a cattle stall, when He literally breaches the eastern sky and comes down in all His glory. (laughs) Right? And we see Him And he's carrying the name that has always been his name. But it's being manifested to the world where nobody can second guess it. And it says, King of kings and Lord of lords. Can you imagine what that'd be like? Will you be and will we be struck in awe? You better believe it. Well, the same type of awe was what the people experienced when they heard what the shepherds told them. Are you hearing me? The incredible nature. In other words, they were awestruck at the majesty found in a baby. Isaiah 52 15. I found this in the in the um CEV, the contemporary English version. Is that what it is? CEV Contemporary English Version? I think that's right. But my servant will make nations worthy to worship me. (laughs) Kings will be silent as they bow in wonder. Same word. They will see and think about things that they have never seen or thought about before. Are you with me? When the the shepherds announced what had been told them and what they had seen and experienced, people were in awe because it made them be silent and wonder. And it made them think, consider of things they had never thought (laughs) Or seen before. Listen, how can somebody, how can our neighbor, how can those whom we meet in the world today, how can they ever have the chance of being awestruck by the glorious message of the gospel if we are not willing to expose them to it and to share it with them? Right? So in other words, The people were awestruck. We need to understand that the people who were alive then are no different than the people who are alive today. And people will still be awestruck by the reality of a life changed by the grace of God who is willing to lay themselves out on the line and to express the love of God and to share the sweet message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. People will still be in awe. Remember, it's not about us. Amen? Wow, I'm glad y'all are listening. You're doing really well. So the shepherds announced to everyone what and who they had experienced. Secondly, the people were awestruck at what they were told. Now third, this is one of my faves. Are you ready? (coughs) Mary accepted it all. I had to put an A word in there. Mary accepted it all and treasured and pondered the whole experience. Look at what Scripture says. Oh, this is so sweet. Are you ready? Look at verse 19. But Mary, treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Let me tell you a couple things about this verse. First of all, where it says, but Mary, and then it says treasured. If you look in the Greek language, the, the Greek language carries different tenses. And this particular word carries with it, the ten, it is in the tense, is the imperfect indicative. Okay, what in the world does that mean? It's the imperfect indicative. Here's what it means. It means something that has was repeated in a past time. So in other words, here's what it says. Mary treasured, she took every single experience, not only of the birth of Jesus, but every moment she had with the Messiah for her entire life. And she treasured it over and over and over and over. I a question. Do we treasure the Messiah whom we've been given today? do we over and over and over and over again every moment of every day do we treasure the reality of the Messiah do we really get excited over and over and over again because God chose to give himself to me do we do that Mary treasured these things you know some people could say Mary had a right to go huh yeah you really interrupted my life right (laughs) No, she didn't see that. She treasured what God had done. She experienced that. And then it says all these things in the Greek tense, in the Greek text, that carries major emphasis. It's like the Holy Spirit shouts. So, Are you with me? It says, but Mary treasured up all these things, everything. The cattle stall, the manger, the being no room in the inn, the trek from Nazareth to Bethlehem the whole announcement of the angel to her that she's going to give birth and the conception of a child without having human interaction. All those things. The joy of having a man like Joseph who gave him himself and sacrificially said, I will be the messenger of Christ. Getting to a place and there's no room and then finding themselves in a cattle skull. Then having a bunch of shepherds show up going, we've been told. Woo! She treasured all those things. All of them. And what did she do with them? Are you with me? Here's what she did. She pondered them in her heart. What a word. Ponder. I looked up synonyms for ponder, and, and, and there were a lot of them, but none of them really capture, in our language, in the English language, none of them really capture the full essence of what pondered or pondering means. Here's what it means. It carries with it the thought of, I am going to embrace this thing, but I am never going to give up trying to fully comprehend what it is. To ponder something means to literally never stop considering, wondering, contemplating what it means. Listen, can I tell you something? You were saved for more than just you getting to heaven. Right? So the fact that God, in his grace, while we were yet sinners, sent Christ to die for us, the fact that God, in his love and his mercy, has chosen to redeem us from our sins and give us the promise of the glory of heaven and placed himself in us. That reality is something we should never, ever, ever, ever stop contemplating. Do you ponder? You know, pondering is hard work. You what do you mean it's hard It is. Because it means we have to separate ourselves from all the things that are clamoring to get in and just focus our heart and energy on the fact That God has done something big in us. Ponder. Wonder. Isn't that amazing? And Mary, (laughs) Mary, boy, was she ever in a position to ponder. I mean, you know that song, that incredible song, Mary, did you know? (laughs) When you kissed your little baby, you kissed the face of God. Did you know? I don't doubt for one moment she knew. How do I know she knew? Well, come on. It's not exactly like her whole childbirthing experience was normal, right? Guess what? Are you ready? As ra- listen carefully. Catch up with this. As radical as the virgin conception of Jesus in Mary just as radical and amazing and awesome is the undeserved unmerited radical invasion of your heart by the very same Son of God
0: <laughs> yes, yes. That's true.
1: we have to ponder that right contemplate that reality. You know what I believe it would do for me if I would truly do that? And guys, I am not speaking from a position of having ever caught up with it. Mm -hmm. But if I were to do that, I guarantee you I wouldn't have to worry near as much about what I did was right or wrong. Because if my focus was to ponder on the reality of what Jesus did to me, if I were in awe of the reality he's placed himself inside of me, if I lived my life for the whole purpose of expressing and announcing that to the world, then I wouldn't have to worry. Right? About right and wrong, what I like and what I don't like. Blah, blah, blah. It wouldn't matter. Okay, I shouted. I'll stop. He saved <laughs> you, for you to serve. Amen. Amen. I have been given a purpose and a plan, and each and every one of us in this room have as well. Mary accepted it all and treasured and pondered the whole experience. Are you ready for the end? Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. The shepherds, it's another A word. You know, I had to create these words, but they have to all start with A. The shepherds adjusted to their new life of praise. She said, what are you talking about, <laughs> ah, It's in there. Let's go back. Look at verse 20. Let's go back and read 19 again. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Yeah, I get the idea that Mary was just silent in awe. Verse 20, and the shepherds returned. The word returned there means they literally went back to where they were. Okay? The shepherds didn't go back and say, oh man, we've, what God told us we're something special. Let's raise funds and go into ministry. That's not what they did. Right? They didn't go, oh, hey, 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 I can never be a shepherd again. I've heard the word of God. No, they didn't do that. What did they do? They went back to the hillside. They went back to the smelly sheep. They went back to their day-to-day, okay, out into the real world. It says they returned, but then there's a comma. And how did they return? They returned glorified, glorifying God and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. They went back glorifying and praising God. You know what happened? The shepherds went back to their old life, but it had now become a new life because they were radically changed, never to be the same again. You ever wonder what God's purpose and plan for your life is? That's it. Go back. Go back to your life. Go back to your living. Go back to where you were. But don't go the same. Go back having been radically transformed by the reality of what God had done and has done. And then be changed. It's why Scripture says that you have been raised... To a brand new, you are there now, therefore, a new creation. All things have passed, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You have been changed by the grace of God. Some of us just haven't really understood how to let that show. The way to let it show is to let go of you and allow him to be who he is and to express him. They went back glorifying God, not themselves glorifying God, not the experience of having been addressed by angels. They went back glorifying God, not the reality that they were the first to see Jesus. No, they went back glorifying and praising Him for all that they had seen. Folks, listen. We want to know what to do after Christmas. Well, there's a lot to do. And the Christmas season should not die with the Christmas calendar but it ought to reign supreme in who we are. And just because we're at the end of 2019 doesn't mean we leave this behind. We're to carry it forward 2020, 2020, and 2021, and on and on and on and on and on. Have you been changed by the grace of God? Have you been saved by the grace of God? Have you been radicalized by the reality and the awe of Jesus? If so, we have our instructions. <laughs> Amen. Mm-hmm. What are we to do with it? Christmas has come and gone. Now what? My prayer is that not a single one of us leave this room without knowing what the what is. is.
0: listening to the grace point church podcast to listen to more sermons from pastor ben you can subscribe to this podcast watch past sermons on our youtube page or watch live on sunday mornings on our facebook page you can also follow us on social media through facebook instagram twitter linkedin and youtube all of these links are accessible on our website www.gracepointsc.org That is www.gracepointsc.org. If you like what you hear from the Grace Point Church podcast, give us a rating or comment on your podcast platform if they allow. For Pastor Ben Hill and Grace Point Church, I'm James Hicks. Thank you for listening.